Hello and welcome back to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. My name is Sean and I'm joined by the Youngren twins, the Evolving Wild twins, uh, Josh and Luke. What's up, Sean? What's up, Sean? The sky. (laughs) It's it's that point of the year. It's the last week of the regular season and yeah, it's just next week we'll have something to talk about, but it's just just dragging on. It's well, like, and it, it's just tonight the game that's on is the Flyers at the Blackhawks, and it's like, oh come on! There is the no one. game I am want to watch less than that game, and it's the only game that's on. So to be fair, I think they did a better job of the scheduling of these last games this year. Like the Stars and and Golden Knights have a game this week. Is it tomorrow? I think it's yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. So the day that we drop this. Uh, stars can eliminate Vegas from the playoffs, I believe, if they win a regulation. I believe I think, there's a. Well, it, Micah said something about how Vegas, there's a scenario in which Vegas could take three out of their four and win. I don't know. So I th- I think that there is still a. I think it was we like have, three. We have, we have like what? A, I think about a 12.5% chance that Vegas might make it still, which is very low, to be honest. Um, and obviously. Blackhawks I'm pretty sure, though, that after like that. last night, so for anyone who didn't watch or follow along late night on Twitter, uh, everyone was going crazy because San Jose came back and won and beat Vegas. And I, I, had, I think I maybe just missed this that now everyone hates Vegas. Um, I mean, like, I knew that this oh, was kind going of a sentiment, on. but I, I guess I didn't quite realize how. Uh, how um, pervasive yeah, the hatred how, for like, Vegas is. How deep the the Vegas hatred has grown this year. Why do people hate Vegas? Is it because like they're so ruthless, or is it? I, I think, think it's a, a combination of that and like their social media team, and just the way that they've kind of like. I think people don't like when teams are like super shady about like like cap type issues, and and also kind of I think what they did with Mark Andre Fleury, people are mad about. And then and, also, I think also just the fact that they're a new franchise that has never really gone through, other than like not winning a cup. I mean, but like that, I think that's another thing is that some people are just like, okay, I'm done with Vegas. They're we're on year five or whatever it is. I would like to see them lose so that they can, you know, that was my joke. I think was about how, you know, like I'm kind of happy for Vegas. They can experience pain like everyone, <laughs> everyone else. Although we're talking to a Bruins and Patriots fan here. Yeah. So. <laughs> First of all, not a Bruins fan nor a Patriots fan. <laughs> I grew up hating the Patriots, but I know, that's I'm an, another story. Hold on, yeah. Are you in New England? You're in New England, right? Yeah. Did you find? Look, yeah, this was like episode. This is like I know, episode I cannot, one. But it's like so. Like arbitrary. I feel like the western not, half of Massachusetts get cut off. We're not going over this reason, again. Okay, we're not going over this. Well, again. why did you hate the Patriots? Who? who what is your NFL allegiance? Probably likes the Cowboys or something. Well, it was like the Falcons. I'm not like as alleged anymore. Um, but growing up, I, don't I was know. a Falcons fan. What does that mean? Is that I a word? Know. I don't. I don't no, think it's so. definitely not a word. <laughs> Let's take a look. Like, I don't have much allegiance. Of an allegiance to any given team, but um. Yeah. So no, back I grew to... up. Well, we were talking about this earlier with the uh, the eras and like TikTok's not my generation or whatever. Sorry, bef- Vine before my generation. we were, before yes. we were recording. Yes, and it's <laughs> like my generation. We grew up. We were like the first ones really to grow up with like good video games. Oh, get right? out! Oh, get here. out of here! <laughs> well, like good like sports video games. What are you talking about? Yeah, you're, okay. You have no idea what you're talking. Anything about. before like Madden 06 is like awful. No, well, I yeah. to be fair, to be fair, my video game of choice when I was in 
junior high it would have been, I think, or into high school, was MVP Baseball 2005, which is still considered one of You're the greatest. You were in high school? Sport. I played that game when I was, like, five. Yeah, no, I how, when did that, that well, was I would have been seven. Five. Five. I, yeah, I would have been, been 16. I was probably, like, a sophomore in, in high school or Yeah, something. I was seven. But That was when the PS2 came out. That's when the, yeah. But when I was, like, a little kid, like, you know, I'd play Madden, and I'd just pick, like, the fastest quarterback, and you could run to the end zone, and that was, like, Michael Vick. <laughs> so that's, like, how that came to be. You know what our football game was? We had uh, NFL Blitz. Have you ever played that game for PlayStation 1? No. I My first console was PlayStation 2. Yeah. You, have you heard of NBA Jams? Yes. You know, so NFL Blitz is kind of like NBA Jams. It's just like like... It's like the XFL for they kind of didn't they have the a hockey version? They had like an NHL hits? version. Yeah. Was it hits? NHL hits? Yes, I want to say yeah. that's what it was. I rented it from like Blockbuster when I was yeah. like five or something, and like oh yeah, I remember that one too. Yeah, I, I don't like, know. I feel like hockey games would be hard. I'm not. We're not like video game people really at Sorry, all. Sorry, we got way off topic. You were talking about eras or something, Sean? But we were. Well, talking no, about that like nights. that's when my generation. Like, there's many people, many like of my peers. I feel I've picked some random teams out of like video games oh, like, I, I met a kid oh. back at like a party like uh probably like five years ago now and like he's like a rockies fan i'm like well, how did you become a rockies fan and it was like that like he played like mlb the show or something and really like uh playing as the rockies i don't know so like I, we're weird yeah I don't think that's specific to your generation, though, because Definitely. I feel like well, I've heard that. Specifically with the video game aspect. I, I guess. I don't know. About. Like, Luke, I remember your college roommate talking about how he likes teams because he played the NHL games, you know. So, I don't know. I think it kind of depends. I, I think there probably is a cutoff at which point. Well, there's some diehard fans of, like, the old Super Nintendo, like, or, like, I don't know. What were even some of the later Was NHL like games? Nam- Namco games or something? Yeah, like, I can't even remember. You know, the well, 90s. There's the, there's Sean the, uh, considers the 90s video games to be, like, Well, there's the infamous, uh, uh, what what is it, <laughs> Bo Jackson in an NFL game. That's, yeah. like, the most overpowered player in any single video game they've ever made. Which is like notoriously like because they can't like patch anything, right? They couldn't once the game was out, they couldn't patch it afterwards. But anyway, hold on, what game is that? I want to look that up. You should find it. It's I've it's really funny it's if probably you watch one of the it. original like Madden's. To be honest with you, I think it Wait, might no, actually. No. It might have been Madden for Super Nintendo. No, it was called. I think it was Tecmo Super Bowl. Oh, that's right. Was the name of the game and. I don't know. Have you ever have you ever come across like rankings of uh, the most broken or like most powerful? Uh, I don't know. Whatever you want to call it, the best sport like video game players, like the characters or whatever you would call in a game. There's these funny list of games, and I remember like specifically Jeremy Roenick in like ninety NHL ninety four yeah. or something like super overpowered. It, it, basically, I mean Bo Jackson in Tecmo Super Bowl is considered like the most broken like. Uh, athlete in a video game of all time <laughs> i'm pretty sure it was like completely unbalanced like but i remember this because back to mvp baseball 2005 i don't know sean if you played that that much but if you remember zach grenke who was a, back then pitched for the royals it was like he had just gotten in the league i think um and he's considered his as a pitcher in that game is considered like one of the more broken characters because he had he was pretty good he had like a normal like i don't know like low 90s maybe low to mid 90 fastball like a slider, but he had a curveball that they clearly like messed up in when they made the game. So it was so slow that it would like come in like an ephus, and it would it would 
he would throw it in against you if you were the batter, and it would go off the screen, off the top of the screen, and it was like a fifty-five or sixty-mile-an-hour curveball, and it was so, it was like it was nothing <laughs> like what his actual curveball is in real life. Like it was completely, obviously, like a a, a mistake. Yeah. But then also, what Jim Dowd, John Dowd, well, they couldn't for whatever reason. I don't think that Barry Bonds gave his like player right, like his naming rights or something to the game, and so they had to put a a hold character, like a hold athlete in. That was on the Giants, but it wasn't Barry Bonds. It was, it was like a replica. It was like of Jim Dowd or something was his name. Um, anyway, anyway, we're way we're off. Way topic. off this topic. Is the, this is, a, I think, a, a good indication of where the season's at. Is that we've we've taken how long? How long into this are we? Like eight nine minutes to just we haven't even. I guess we were talking. Get, get you guys get back to the Golden Knights while I look up most broken video game athletes. <laughs> yeah, some people were like all upset about uh, Robin Lehner. Yeah, today. And like I, I've semi been offline today, which is good. I saw like the Elon Musk news, and I like knew maybe it would be a good idea to get off. Um, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, and it was like I, I guess people were like really confused, but the whole like putting off the surgery just to have him sit as a backup. I mean, it kind of made sense to me because you can't have LTIR if they're not going to sit out for more than ten games. There's less than ten games left. So yeah. they like can't bring up another goalie, and it's not like he's playing. Like that's kind of like the yeah. compromise, right? So it's like, well, that was I don't know. I I kind of saw that that report that, and then uh, I think that was from Emily Kaplan. Was I think was what I saw, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like I, I don't know. I'm at the point where it's like I only <laughs> I didn't really know what to make of that because it's like yeah, I mean he's not going to play. I mean I guess that if I guess the the starter. I don't even know who was who the. I don't even. My brain is. I don't even know who who the other goalie is for the for the Knights. I'm trying to. <laughs> who is the other goalie for the? Mark Andre uh, Fleury. No, he's on the Wild. <laughs> I no, know that. <laughs> no, the, are you talking about the Emily Kaplan tweet from a couple hours ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, um, ESPN sources, uh, Leonard told Vegas on Thursday that he was getting surgery. Team doctor agreed it was best course of action after evaluation Saturday. Then team asked the goalie to delay and back up last night before allowing it. They cited cap implications per, per source, which is kind of the new. So basically they asked him if he would delay surgery. I'm assuming they're to cap. Well, because it's their cap situation. Yeah. So I, am I the only one that actually kind of likes the whole cap stuff, like being these teams up against the cap and whatever? Like, is that like too accounting of me? Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know, like. If teams can do the gymnastics, for one, it's like the only time we've seen objectively good management in the NHL, right? Like if you can manage like the cap like well, like and you can maximize the amount of like star players you have and like the cap like that, like I mean it's it's a business sense. It's like objectively like they're managing it well. Um I mean, well, I guess it's debatable with like the player talent, right? But like it's something that they manage well. Yeah. And like I don't know, it's not, if it's within like the CBA, then it's fine, and they're just gonna change the CBA, and there'll be a new loophole, and like somebody will find it. Like that's just like how these things work. I feel like, like with Tampa last year with like uh, with Kucherov, you know, for one, I don't want to see Kucherov on the ice anyway. So like, if he's out for the regular <laughs> season, I don't care. <laughs> and like Tampa was gonna make the playoffs no matter what. Not, I, is that like unhinged to say like? He just like no, he went I, after Sebastian Ajo earlier this year after the game. Like I, I have a problem with that. No, I well so how can you not like Sebastian Ajo? Regardless of the last point that you're talking about, I kind of agree <laughs> with you. I I think a lot of fans get very very upset when teams do these kind of 
um, crafty ways of like that come. I think a lot of people just read it as cheating. I mean, I don't think it is. I think if that's well, in the CBA, probably, it's allowable. It's allowable. There's clearly like these teams aren't getting fined. I mean, it's not against the rules. It's allowed. They're allowed to do this now. I think that there are some like it. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff we don't know about when players are actually injured or if they're, you know, if they're waiting. Well, I, I think mean, this, that... but this has been going on for years. I mean, Chicago used to do this, like with you know. I remember they they conveniently Patrick Kane was out for the end of like in like what was it eighteen nineteen or something, and like he just conveniently happened to come back like the first game of the playoffs, and they clearly used that for, I, I think for the. The, the cap benefit or whatever. Well, I think right? that's the reason that people get irritated with it is that they're like, it. it's like kind of an open lie. It's like they're, you know, I think that's that's what irritates people or fans is when, and it, which is, it, it is a little bit kind of obnoxious when it's like, oh, this player's injured. It's like, well, oh, they how, how convenient for them to come back at the first game of the playoffs when the salary cap is kind of clear now. And it's like, I don't know. I get the frustration there. I also kind of agree with you, Sean, that it is, I think, if a team can kind of pull off these ca- salary cap gymnastics and kind of make it work, I, I think it's interesting. Um, I just think that it does make a lot of people irritated with um, how all these loopholes are. Also, I think it might be that just people don't understand how that's possible, which I also, I mean, I don't know how they do all these things. Like, I'm not a CBA or salary cap expert, you know, in that specific way in terms of, like, how salaries accrued and everything like that. But, like, I think this is also, like, thanks to uh, people at Cap Friendly and, and before that, whatever all the other sites were. I don't, I can't name them all. Uh, Cap Geek. Cap uh, Geek, yeah. Was, uh, was the one that, like, the guy went to Manager. for Vegas. General yeah, General Manager. Like, I think the NHL is, like, has the most glued-in fan base to, like, the Cap situation as well. And it's, like, I think you kind of start to realize like there's way more to the cap situation than like there really is also because like, oh yeah cruel accounting but yeah i don't know i, I, think, I, well, I don't have a problem with it i yeah i think the caps circum- i don't know you can call it whatever you want it's not technically cap circumvention i guess because that's like kind of the rule right i mean it's it's they're doing things that people think are maybe not that don't seem like i, I think well, the solution i think the solution is just to have a roster cap or like yeah like a roster cap or whatever in the playoffs so you know so you can't just like i guess hold a billion players then have them play like it might have to be like a wide enough cap but like i don't they're they're starting to like take ltir seriously again and like evaluating that as well i guess yeah right you can't just like throw a player on ltir anymore and be like yeah we're fine if he misses 10 games but like I think the, like the situ the solution is to either make the regular season games more important or to do something in the playoffs so that there's some sort of cap that's still there and you might have to get creative with that. But yeah, yeah. I mean I also would be I mean I've kind of felt like I don't know I don't know about a soft cap. I I think that having a hard salary cap I think makes kind of the NHL it's like kind of a unique aspect I think of the NHL and where like teams it literally is a hard cap like you cannot go over it like you know and I think that's kind of an it's always been an interesting thing and I growing up as baseball fans like the way that the the salary structures and the salary cap like no salary cap in the MLB or no they do have a luxury they have a luxury tax but it's just like it is it does get pretty obnoxious when you see the Dodgers and Yankees and Red Sox just buying all the players up so it's like you kind of like seeing a player on a specific team and it's like they inevitably end up on the Yankees and it's like, 
well, that's kind of obnoxious. You know, it's like it was fun seeing them on kind of a smaller market team. And I do think in the NHL, if that happened, like obviously the Maple Leafs would be, you know, <laughs> like from at least from what I've seen with like revenues and whatever, like I think the Maple I, Leafs I think the would Leafs have, would spend twice what, you know, prob- I mean, I, mean, like, I don't know who knows, but they definitely would spend a lot more. Uh, on players, and I don't necessarily think that that is... <laughs> it is kind of interesting to think about with the hard cap, because, I mean, for years that was always... Well, I don't actually know about this anymore, but it, it did seem like if it wasn't intentional, it did lead to a lot more parity in the league. But this year, I mean, the par- like, I don't know what parity. Like, it doesn't really <laughs> seem like there's the, the parity of, like, five, six, seven years ago is completely gone. When you have... What was it? Is it almost every one of the Eastern Conference teams is going to be at 100 points or something, like, in the playoffs? I mean, didn't I see something? Isn't that about where we're at? It's like all four, the four teams in each division are like, it's just like, and then you have, I don't know, there's like six or seven teams that are all just like horrible at the bottom. And I can't remember a a time, at least in, I don't know, I don't know, Sean, maybe you remember a time when like there was this big of a difference between like the top five or 10 teams and the bottom 10 teams. I mean, it seems like a pretty wide gap that hasn't been there before. Yeah, I mean, well, like the Eastern Conference, it's a little bit different like the Western Conference. So the Western Conference, it's like, there's like, maybe you can make the argument there's like four good teams and then the rest are bad or like me yeah i i think there's like two legitimately great teams in the west which is colorado and the flames um i think that the wild are maybe kind of close although i think that they're a little bit they're they're kind of a tier below um and yeah i mean they're not but blues yeah, and then the Blues. But I, I think mean, like, I think the Blues will come out and shock people. I I think that's my well. They've been very hot lately. Yeah, I don't my, think it's gonna be that shocking if they were. Playoff to hot take is that the the Blues are going all the way. <laughs> you think that is make, a take? <laughs> that's a take. That's a take. I don't think it's that hot of a take though. Like also because they're so hot. Like well, they're gonna have to get through the Flames and the Avalanche, or at one of the two. Okay, I wouldn't. Yeah, what? Gooch, well, been you so if good you're gonna win the Stanley Cup, you have to go through like. Super tough teams. Well, I know, anyway. but I would not. I would not call the Blues to go through the Flames or the Avalanche. Now, the Avalanche have been kind of funny well, because uh, who says they aren't? Wait, aren't the Blues in a division spot in the Central? Well, they're playing the Wild, so they the round one will be the Wild Blues. Okay. That's pretty much yeah. set. And then the second round will be, I think, what Colorado is playing. It'll be whatever the um uh, the fifth wild card. Colorado, no, no. They're not falling. No, they're still way ahead of the flames. They're right? still way ahead of the flames. Yeah, yeah but they're not way. I mean, yeah, they kind of are. But basically, Colorado right now. I mean, I'm not on. I don't have the actual standings. I have our projections up, which is how I look at this. But <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, it's gonna be the the second wild card, which is probably going to be the, right now. I think we have the stars projected as the second wild card, and then the but they're basically tied right now. So it'll be what, the Predators what? and Stars. So the Avalanche are pro- are gonna play one of the Predators or Stars. The Wild and Blues will play each other, and then the Flames will play one of the Predators or Stars, and the Oilers and Kings will play each other. Um, and I've been kind of running the. This year's playoffs, they're going to be a lot closer, I think, than last year's. Like, in I don't know, matchups. like, in the matchups. I think, like, we have, um, we had a lot of... F- in the West or in, in just in general? Just in general. Like, I'm seeing a lot of more close matchups. Um, I think, like, something like Toronto-Tampa Bay is a really close matchup. Um, I think, like, I think it was Carolina-Boston, which was a pretty close matchup. Um, I think the Wild Blues will be pretty close from our projections. I think the only kind of big um like overwhelming well not over but last year for instance we had the the avalanche at like a 90 percent chance to win over i don't know who was that the blues <laughs> the blues 
And I think the highest we have this year so far when I've been testing it. Now, this isn't the final rosters. This is just like the day that I was testing it. And so the rosters aren't final. But I think we had, it was like, I don't know, at the time, whoever the Avalanche were playing at like a 76% chance. And there were a lot of like 55, 45-55 matchups. Um, so I think it should be hopefully a really kind of um, good first round. I think there's not going to be a lot of kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> Sean disagrees. Sean so, disagrees. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, no, I agree. And it's like that's the problem with the NHL. It's like the first round is great, and then like the rest of it can be yeah, not as great. I don't know. Oh, I completely agree. I absolutely – the first round is awesome. I really like the first round. And then after that, it's just kind of a gr- – it's like a – just keeps going <laughs> i mean if we're honest like it's a lot to step from the western games and there's like not a single western series that i really would watch outside of like the blues and the wild i'll probably watch but like i i have zero interest in watching like the kings and the oilers i'm sorry see i or... think the kings oilers might be my the one i'm i'm most interested in i would most like to see i would like to see if the abs can win in three that's what i would <laughs> like to see well it's funny because like, I, th- I was gonna say about that oh sorry you go can continue. Ahead. Oh, no, I was no, just going to say ahead. about the Avalanche is like they were in a clear like they were the front runner for the President's Trophy and I don't know what I think that have they been injured a lot or whatever and now like Florida's been kind of got hot and the Avalanche have kind of dropped some games here and it doesn't look like you're going to win the President's Trophy anymore which is kind of interesting. Um well the Panthers have won what like 30 games in a row or something. <laughs> <laughs> not not to say that the Panthers aren't like deserving of like a president's trophy but we don't talk enough about how many of their games have been won in overtime instead of at in regulation the panthers yeah okay yeah why well, i was just looking at that last week was about like goal differentials not necessarily uh, about well we it was kind of in response to what we talked about two weeks ago i made those like kind of graphs whatever looking at kind of one goal wins it was interesting i didn't really cover this but the most one goal wins that a team has had since 2007 was the 14 15 Ducks. They, I think they had 34 one-goal wins, um, which was the, currently right now Dallas has, I think, 26. Um, unless that's in, I mean, maybe the last game or two they've. But they've, that that was including shootouts too. It was. So, but I mean, that was still kind of the point. This is like that's okay. kind of the point is that if you're winning games, I mean, this is an idea that's I don't know. We talked about or that it, I haven't. I've gotten it more from baseball where like a lot of times like over the course of like their full season of baseball if you're winning games by only like say a run like a lot of the time then that's maybe not uh, like usually a good indication of like team strength necessarily so like you looking at kind of run differential and like how many games are you winning on average by more than say like two or three runs Well that's now. the that's the whole money ball they have the Pythi- Pythagorean yeah, yeah. <laughs> win comp- like exponent thing like it's like just looks like Pythagorean's theorem but it's for predicting like record like so they'll, they'll have like actual win percentage and then you know Pythagorean win percentage which is like I think it's, it's just a fancy name for like yeah. squaring run differential more or less um but like I don't know I was just looking at that in the stars I think I don't know I but how many I didn't look at with the Panthers how many games they've won in Overtime because there's I a lot of games like thirteen like, and six or something. Like, okay. I think they have like thirteen oh, wow. or fourteen games like that they've won in overtime. Yeah, which is I don't know. I I think that if you're well, it's a little bit different. I think in just because we talked about this before, but about how teams kind of push towards going to overtime, so it's like a little bit different. It's not exactly the same thing. Nobody reacted. I think I quoted your tweet, and I don't think it got like a single like. <laughs> well, it probably got a single like, but like it didn't get any traction. Rip. I thought it maybe would like. Um, Wait, the, which one? The like your 
score differentials. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Because it's like, that's kind of like, we talked about like the point system last week, right? And it's like, the point system just rewards that. Just, yeah. It, it rewards dull hockey because the fewer goals that are scored, the uh, more likely that, you know, you can end up with the 0 0 1 1 2 2 end. And or a tie zero, game zero. at the a tie game at the end well, of regulation, tie. and then you have pretty much like a random point up for grabs. And so, like if you're a bad team, you can do that. It, the whole thing, like really, like it just makes my brain itch. I don't know, <laughs> like whether or not like you should play Dolar, where you should play like an electric style play. I guess it's like whatever like matches your players at hand but it's like well i don't know i mean zero zero hockey is my favorite kind of hockey so i'm all for uh you know good defensive <laughs> i was like i, I don't know i, I watched the, a baseball game the other day the uh the red sox rays and it was like that was zero zero going into the 10th and i'm like this is would you rather watch this or would you rather watch the cubs beat the pirates 21 to nothing and it's like I, i'll take so, a zero zero game but here's the thing i yeah yeah, because I I really enjoy dominant pitching performance. Well, that's like, the thing that's with the MLB thing. this year. Like that, that every team is struggling on offense right now. I mean, that's just kind of like, I mean, the Twins, our team, they for somehow have great pitching all of a sudden this year. They weren't supposed to. <laughs> well, but, it's been so cold here. Yeah, it has been cold. It's like below freezing out right <laughs> now. We're <laughs> almost into not May. Not to not to like really change like a baseball subject, but have like strike zones gotten bigger? Uh, n- well, they're not supposed to have. Like it, it, they very much seem. Maybe it's like you know, I'm like a semi Phillies fan still because like Roy Halladay was my favorite player. Um, but it's like in with Angel or Angel Hernandez last night. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, him. oh I yeah, did, yeah, yeah. But Man, it's he like was bad. <laughs> but it, it, in that like Red Sox game on Saturday, as an example, it's like the 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 strike zone was so wide, and it's like that's how it was like a no hitter. Rays had a no hitter combined no hitter going into the tenth. And then, like, I think the Red Sox gave up, like, three hits maybe. And it was, like, it, it was just, like, the game went so fast. Like, to get through nine innings took two and a half hours because, like, the strike zone was, like, so big. Yeah. Are you trying to – are you leading us down the road of towards robo-umps? Uh, robot, robot umps? Is that what <laughs> I don't you're like, – uh... I don't like the whole robot ump idea. I like – so I like the combination idea. I don't remember who or where I listened to a podcast, I want to say, about, like, its experiment in, like, the Atlantic League. And, like, I think, like, the solution was, like – to use that as like an anchor. Well, I wouldn't even know how a hybrid approach would work. Well, like you know. still well, need an umpire behind the be- behind the plate, and oh, then yeah. you need somebody to be able to check for an error, like an error, yeah. like in the system. And like you know, like I think it should just help the umpire. It's like an anchoring effect, as opposed yeah. to. So if they if they like the if they like the player at bat, they can call a strike or a ball based on. It's kind of like the Leafs <laughs> bias in in your models. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, like that. Well, no, but this season the the they're they're now robot umps are automated. I think they're what's the I was just looking this up. Uh, automated ball strike system is the technical term I believe for Major League Baseball, but it's now in the AAA. It's now in minor league AAA, so it's like one step behind the MLB, which I think they're eventually going to implement it in some way. I think I if think- you have the betting stuff in it, you kind of. And I think we'll see some sense of this in the NHL. It's like once you have gambling involved and like there's like a lot of money at play for like third parties, it's like they finally start to like really care about getting this stuff super right. And it doesn't yeah, matter I, if it's entertaining. I think it's also though been kind of, I mean, I, I think that's definitely part of it, but also it's just been something that's, 
I think that we've seen coming for so like for a long time. It's like every year you get, and this is like I think kind of the thing. I mean, wait till they have they have robots on the ice, right? They're gonna have. <laughs> I don't know how would that work? Could you even do robotic? No, you couldn't do robotic. No, in but... the, I mean, like what you use, could. Well, no. How would what, you do that? I don't even. I mean, you could maybe be hilarious have like, if you had like an AI, like a visual tracking system that was predicting the what if what kind of penalty you could for offsides. <laughs> you could, yeah, you oh, could yeah, probably you do it for offside, which is like the biggest like waste of time with our reviews yeah. here, right? It'd be funny. It'd be hilarious during a game if you had like automated offside, and when a player when a when it was offside, you have like a big like buzzer or something, <laughs> no, or like no, some no, no, light no. or light, whatever. The, the, the light, zone, yeah. the zone, yeah. like lights, lights like, up. In, like an act, like a red. <laughs> it has like a red like net like, X type of yeah. I don't know. Let's get some sort let's of design. Get, Lights under the ice, and so if if a play is offside, the the ice lights up like red, and if it's icing, it lights up as you have automated icing and offside, which then right. gives the umps or not the umps. It gives All right, like, this is a this no, is, this I is a great saying, idea. This is a we great. Have, this is a great idea. And How you know, funny would that no, be? honestly, it really is because if you think about it for like the casual fan who might not understand offsides or icing, to have something that's illustrative. Like I think we just changed the NHL right here. <laughs> How distracting do you think that would be for the hockey players, though, if they all of a sudden skated and the ice just <laughs> under you, them? I mean, I wonder if like SMT or like a company that does some of the stuff. Um, SMT, for those who don't know, they do the first of all, they're behind the player, the uh, the puck tracking and the player tracking. Yeah, right. And they are also the company that has like the yellow line on the football fields. Yeah. So yeah, lots of calculus and. And they also, I think, were the ones. If you remember the world, uh, was it like the World Cup, the Hockey World Cup, or whatever? Yeah, a with few years North back. America, yeah. If you notice, or if you remember, the boards would all be one sponsor. It was an ESPN broadcast uh, for us in, here in the United States. The boards would all be one sponsor, and it would change like every like thirty seconds or whatever, which was all SMT um, putting up the graphics. So if anybody could figure out how to do it, I think it's the SMT people, and I think that would be really good, at least like for viewers at home to like understand offsides or icing. Yeah, I think then offsides might be difficult. I you w- you would have the 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 seasoned fan who would be complaining about it though. Steve, oh, like there's. Yeah, we we to talk about Let's that. Hold, we're getting close to the to the end of the first segment. Let's talk about some of the good tweets that went down this oh, last yeah. week. We know it's um, in the dog days I, when we're getting these type of tweets. Just to get back on this great idea that we've just come up with, though, I don't want it to be a you know, superimposed like fake like TV thing. I want the actual <laughs> ice to light up underneath. When it like they can do, they have to figure out. There has to be a way to no, do it. They, there's no. It way sounds like help. a Jeff Merrick. Like somebody's got to forward this to like Jeff Merrick, because like if if you know like Jeff Merrick's like big thing is like changing like the colors of the ice. Like that's oh, really? like that's the one thing like he cares about the most outside of like his family is like ice colors. Well, do you and remember the like, um? What was it? The was it the Isabel Cup? The NWHL now known as the PHF. They had like purple center ice. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, and that was like very interesting to watch because it was between both of the blue lines was like, or was it from the red lines in? Was it just neutral ice? I think it was the neutral zone. If I I think it was blue lines, yeah. But um, I I really think like I like. A nice green color ice is like the way to go. <laughs> St. Patrick's Day ice. <laughs> yeah. Why isn't a team like the Leafs clearly have those silly like St. Pat's jerseys? Why haven't they made the ice green? I mean, Why in are Chicago. They silly? Well, I mean, they're just they're uni- They're not like 
I don't know. I didn't mean silly was just a throwaway word, Sean. Don't take offense. To me. <laughs> I don't know the black the Chicago they they flood the river with green for St. Patrick's Day. Do Why they do that still? I, I don't, don't know if they actually do it. They, yeah, we this just is a watched story the, for we another just watched time. The, uh, was it uh, U.S. Marshals? And US, they had they no, had it was a, fugitive. I think it's U.S. Marshals where they show that. You do a yellow. You could do a yellow too, like somebody peed in the in oh the ice. <laughs> okay, now it's time for a break. <laughs> yeah, this is where we go. This now where we this go is where break. we go to break. All right. We've taken it too far. Yeah, I just All don't right. know why a team hasn't hasn't dyed the ice green for St. Patrick's Day yet. That seems like something that a team would have done. I wonder, maybe a team. I wonder if we should look in, in our break. in minor Josh, leagues. They they would, but we're not going to go down like another rabbit hole like minor league hockey. No, Sean, take episode. us to break. Our sponsor is waiting. All us. right. Well, our lovely sponsor is waiting. They pay a lot of money for the spot. So we will be right back after this great message. The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL Goals Above Replacement, regularized adjusted plus minus skater contract projections visualizations charts and much more visit evolving-hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber welcome back thank you so much uh to our sponsor there just a brilliant message um it's gotta be getting old josh are you gonna like record a new one like for like the new season Well, I did. I did record it. It was funny. Did I already talk about this about how I like was sitting? It was like the first. I think it was after we had done the first episode, and we were like, "Oh, it'd be fun to do a." Or I think it was an idea we had before we started the the podcast. Was it'd be fun just as a placeholder to do a, uh, a um, to do an ad that was just us about us. And so after I did that, we had to we wrote all the music in like a weekend or something. And then I was like, "Oh shoot, I have to record that silly like you know our sponsor ad or whatever." And I was downstairs, like by myself with the microphone. And it's really like I didn't write anything up. I was just like, I can just say this. And it took me like probably like half an hour to just like say the ad correctly. Eh, it wasn't that long. It was like maybe 20 minutes. But I did like, once you're all alone just saying something, I was like, I'd get 30 seconds through and be like, ah, oh, that was dumb. And I would like stop. So it was just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, my point is that. It worked. It took a little bit longer than I wanted to, and it's still there. Again, shout out, uh, not shout out. Uh, if you if you want to sponsor the podcast, let us know. Uh, <laughs> we can get yeah, great background music for you. Yeah, and you have a great, wonderful ad. No, yeah. but anyway, uh, anyway, no, back I, to the to answer the, your question, Sean. I, I I will probably maybe we'll record a new one. Uh, I don't know what. Technically, when's the season? Because whenever I upload these episodes, I have to put in like a season. So we're still in first season right first now. First season. I guess that it'll be like August when we when we switch over to the second season. Wait, you put up second seasons? seasons? It says well, so like on the service we use, it enter like I have to enter the season number and episode number, which is just more for for podcast like just I think some um, podcast services might show that I don't know. Should we start the se- the new season at free agency? Uh, well, I mean I. We could. I think that we did it. We do it when we started our first season, so it'd be like the end of August or whatever. Yeah, but that's a weird time. Are we gonna have new music, Luke? Yeah, we'll have to get some new music. Yeah, we should get a, a kind of uh, playlist. We have had so- a couple people who've reached out, be like, "Do you guys make any other music?" I or really like, like the- can I get the music from the podcast? <laughs> so maybe we maybe we make more music and then we can release an album of the podcast music for Evolving Hockey yeah. podcast. <laughs> but. Anyway, anyway we, were, we were just talking before we started, and Sean had some takes about some defensemen. 
And I was curious if you wanted to. Well, they weren't really takes about multiple defensemen. I... It was just about one. Well, like, yeah, I think Dmitry Orlov is critically underrated, period. And, um, yeah, I think like, he'd probably sit second in my Norris ballot if I had a ballot this year. This season. Yeah. But I think yeah. he's like a top five defenseman overall. I mean, I think he's been consistently good for. Well, he's been kind of yeah, up I mean, and down. Yeah. Like, in the last three seasons, since the start of the 19... Or, I guess, this season and last season, he's, like, among defensemen right now, he's third in Exgar, uh, only behind Makar and Taves. Um, I mean, and, I think that there is... Yes, there is... Uh, that, I, I think if we... Here, I'll, let me just say this. If we tweeted that out, what you just said, we would have a lot of people angry in our mentions. <laughs> well, we'd have a lot of Caps fans who are happy with us, I think. But I like, guess it isn't about the Leafs, so maybe we wouldn't have a lot of people angry at us. <laughs> I, oh, a side note, I cannot believe how angry saying anything good about Michael Bunting makes people. It, but anyway, that's we'll a side that. note. We'll get to that later. I mean, when I watch the Capitals play, and I try not to, um, <laughs> <laughs> like every single game, like Dmitry Orlov like, sticks out to me. Like I genuinely think he's like the best player on the ice when I watch the Capitals. And, you know, I don't know. I guess the numbers kind of, like, back it up that he's definitely, like, uh, he's definitely a, a top-pairing defenseman. Like, there's a large, like, yeah. um, confidence interval, I guess, right? So, yes. again, like, if it the difference between, like, 5th and, like, 30th is not, um, is not as, like, wide as, like, people believe. And, like, there's a reason. There's, like, no, yeah. 20 to 30 like reasonable players you could probably say are like top five defensemen in the nhl i guess um well maybe that's a little wide but like i don't know like i get that from like the eye test and i was thinking about that like watching them like um last night and then like i look at the numbers and i'm like you know what like i am kind of like backed up by this like i think he's legitimately a top five defenseman you know I wouldn't say he's like dramatically better than like a victor hedman or a jared spurgeon or a um Kale McCarr. Well, I'd have Kale McCarr as number one, but sorry, Chad. Yeah, see, yeah, but see, I don't know if I would put. I think I think Orlov has a I, for me personally a case for like top ten, um, maybe like maybe I, I don't know. I guess I haven't really like looked at into his stuff too much. Well, I he's think had a really five, really think, good year this year. I guess my point more, yeah, and I think my my point more to Sean is that I think that it's, I think right now the top five defensemen in the league are at least. I mean, you, I think it's McCarr. Um, I think I would probably put uh, McAvoy. I'd, Probably have um, Ekblad in there and Hedman, um, and then probably I mean I want to just put Spurgeon in. I would put Spurgeon You're not in there. Fox but, and, and then, Fox. Well, so that's the thing. Is it so gets it's a like I tricky. think that so there's Fox a... is in there too in the conversation. Well, yeah, and Devon Taves. Yeah, you know, like I think that there's probably about ten defensemen that I would say are in conversation for the top five and or I mean, top three yeah. and i think yossi i think yossi's in the conversation too i mean i i think he's i don't think that he's going to be our norris leader this year now watch gonna... watch dougie hamilton come back next year and just have a crazy crazy good season for the devils i mean that's a possibility but i guess my and i think orlov is I, i'm just trying to list off like kind of defensemen i think that are in conversation for the top five um and i think orlov is probably i think he's i mean he has been cons- very consistent um, I think again, Luke tweeted this out and then got a bunch of not backlash, but I think that about Jared Spurgeon is you know we're gonna reveal our bias here, but he's still been so good this year, even though he's missed time. Like he's still been very, very good, and that's kind of you know like he's uh, 
That's what you know, that's what Chucky is. Sean calls it does. It just does everything well. That's kind of the the Jared's yeah, version. Mold. Charlie McAvoy, where it's like it's not flashy, really, right? And I think that people. I mean, is McAvoy flashy, Sean? Do you think he's a flashy defenseman? No, he's a good, no. cute, lovable, <laughs> tough as nails defenseman. <laughs> but is like, he it's tall? This... How, how tall? We're pretty soon we're gonna be talking about Owen Power in this conversation too, right? <laughs> Shout out no. to Buffalo Sabers. We're not getting yeah, into that's this our... like. I think, like, Sabres fans... Like, first of all, the mainstream media is not talking enough about uh, Maddie Beniers, and I think it's it's probably because of Owen Power, not to be toxic. Didn't something, but... just, didn't something just happen last week with that player or something? Maddie Beniers? Dude, yeah. he started off with a point... I don't. I haven't really followed, like, the, the Kraken over the weekend, but, like, he started off his four, first four games at four points. He, had, he was a yeah. point-per-game player. I mean... You know, they were starting to call him point per game Maddie. And like I think that <laughs> puts a limit four on games. I think that's what puts I think that puts You're... a limit on to Maddie. I think like he's more than a point per game, so it's like I... <laughs> PPG plus Maddie. This is you're definitely that's a bit you're doing right now. Yes, that that wasn't actually not. Like, that's a real yes, it is. that's this a This is a good nickname. example of where I think Sean is making up something and I actually can't it's not, tell. It's not it's <laughs> not Marshawn Lynch is definitely calling him that. I, I this is it. like this Personally. is like rent the the, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal myself when I, I had a tweet earlier about Rem Pitlick. He was on this crazy scoring bender with the Wild, and then they traded in the Canadians, and he's been absolutely terrible with the Canadians. Oh, his which is funny. Is still like really high. It's I think. still really high, but his like his GAR and XGAR numbers are just really bad. And it's funny because like you know speak about our you know you're talking about our Leafs model biases, but talk about the Canadians this year is where players go to just tank see i think overall what we've been talking about this is that i think that for the most part our models do a really good job of adjusting for team um but i i think in very rare teammates you mean teammates or just team chemistry or all i mean not chemistry what just team effects i guess you would call it but i think there are some rare very rare situations where a team is just so bad like i think that there are that it actually has an impact in a way. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be throwing shade in, in, I think, but the Canadians I'm starting to wonder is, like, is there something going on that there that we can't, like, quantify in a well, way? Well, it's also, so we had a couple people would. talk to us about Ben Sherratt going to the Panthers, and he's been considerably better in the it's, 15 it's games. 15 I know games, it's only though. 15 games, but, like, he was so bad on the on the Canadians this year. And then he went to the Panthers, and now he's just, like, I mean, I'm I above totally average. on that one. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, and this I mean, is kind of where we like, you know. I think if we I get... was, if I edited this more, I would go back and find what we talked about with Sherrod and insert that. Well, I think that I think Sherrod right is like a fine, like bottom pair defenseman, and like that. That's kind of yeah. that. Like I don't yeah. think he I was think... what he was like hyped up to be. Like maybe like maybe because there was just like no good defenseman on the market. But, like he was like hyped up to be like I don't know like a first pair defenseman type. Yeah. It felt. Yeah. But and like I, he's definitely not that. But he, I don't think he was awful. I think in our defense, I think what the our criticism of was how much they traded for yeah. him. I think that was more of what it was for me. But I don't know. We don't need to talk about Sherrod, um anymore. He's not a top five defenseman, which is what we were talking about before. So. But it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny to look at his the difference in deployment at five on five. He's having basically the same amount of time and ice per game, but he's getting like significantly more offensive zone starts. And um, basically, yeah, they just shifted his zone starts to be more offensive zone, less neutral zone, less defensive zone. So they kind of evened it out, um, which is kind of an, an interesting 
kind of look at uh, <laughs> kind of deployment because his time on ice per game played at five five on five is kind of the same. But anyway, we don't need to talk about Sherrod. It's only been what has it been seventeen games? Seventeen games with Florida, and that's only three hundred minutes, which is like not enough time. You know, we <laughs> Josh and I were joking the other day about how we don't like to say anything about a player until they have eighty two games yeah. in the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> yeah, I, I've gotten into too much trouble about trying to estimate something uh, on a player that is then. The- on like 30 games. The Rem Pitlick you know. one was like legendary. I, was, <laughs> that I don't was. think Rem Pitlick's that bad either, uh, by the way. But like the Rem Pitlick one was like legendary because you're like, Let, we're going to put together some Calder candidates. And then you look <laughs> and you just like, so, I clearly sorted by like Gar and Xgar. And you're like, Rem Pitlick. And then I was like, <laughs> so you know, and like we, this leads us into like the greater question of the universe. Um, but like you... <laughs> I was like, you know that like he's got six goals on thirteen shots, and that's like not going to yeah. continue. Like it's breaking the model right now, and you're like, oh, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. win, baby. Here's what I'm gonna say about that: is sometimes I like, you know, I was just saying this. I think we tweeted out about Charlie McAvoy being the, actually the most underrated player in the NHL so the other night because like sometimes I just am on my website for people who don't know, we use our website all the time. Like I, we use it constantly. I would say that we're super users of yeah. hockey. And so the thing that's funny is sometimes I just will pull up our Rapham charts page and I'll just be like, Oh, I wonder how Charlie McAvoy's doing this year. And then like just Charlie McAvoy, he checks in on Charlie McAvoy. Yeah, I track in on, you know, and, and then I see the, the, the Rapham chart and it's just like, I'm over, like overwhelmed by like purple. And it's like, wow, I did not realize that he was having... Because I hadn't heard anything really about him, and I was just checking, and it's like, oh, he's having a great yeah. season. I don't think... And, you don't hear a lot about McAvoy, I don't feel like, compared to, like, the... Well, it seems like he's kind of been overshadowed by, like, I mean, Bergeron and Marchand, yeah. and, like, I mean, just it seems like he's a little bit overshadowed, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe maybe not, but is we talked a, enough. Is it a points thing? Does he just not get enough points? No, Sean? but hold on. Let me. Sorry, I forgot that I was going somewhere with that. Basically, what I was saying is that I I was looking at at, at the charts earlier in the season and I saw Rem Pitlick's chart and I was like, that's kind of funny. Let me just tweet this out. Like I'm not like I don't. That's not like I'm not saying that he will be good. It's just kind of interesting that he's had a really a, a, a okay start, no. and then it's like, oh well, no, he, he had said a fifty. He should be in the caliber conversation. <laughs> I yeah. I, sometimes I need to be better at choosing my words. Maybe words. Word, you know, language gets in the way of actual thought. You know, I've added a lot of um. You know, one of the best or one of the worst. You know, to quantify uncertainty. So in tweets add more no, uncertainty. I, this is my conspiracy theory. Not really conspiracy theory, but in the last four seasons. So so since 2018-2019, when did McAvoy come in the league? He came in before 18-19, right? I'm trying to remember. No, you can find that on EvolvingHockey.com. 17-18. So um, I guess I could go back. But the last four seasons since 18-19, McAvoy is 25th in points among defensemen, which I think is the reason why he doesn't yeah. get talked about Yeah, he had a huge like, goal slump. Um, yeah. Like, he, I think he's it was had, like, a multi-season goal slump, basically. Not like that so, he went multiple seasons, but like... Yeah, the leaders in in points for defensemen since the in the last four seasons are. Can you guess the number one? Yossi, Yossi, then Makar, or is it Makar and then Yossi? No, so this is last four seasons. So Makar is oh, um, four seasons. Sorry, oh. I, thought said, I thought you said two. So yeah, um, I'm just Carlson? gonna go with Yossi. Yes, Carlson. Really? Carlson's first. Oh, because and Yossi, Yossi's second. Um, and then I don't know. It's actually they're all. You could probably get the third one too. It's pretty easy. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Think, like, think of like the ultimate defenseman among the media. Headman. Yes. Yeah. Headman's third. 
and then it's Letang and Burns are the fourth and fifth in terms of total points. And McAvoy has, and though Carlson has 259 points in the last four seasons. Um, McAvoy, 25th, he has 145 points. So I think that's the reason why that McAvoy didn't get to talk about as much, is that he is not... Well, for a defensive defenseman, that's a lot of points. Yeah. No, I know, I know. That's he's Well, and that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. I think we were off-air about how I think Spurgeon is a good comp for McAvoy, because they just they, they go really under the radar because a lot of their value just comes from how they're not bad at anything, and yeah. they actually excel at most things. And well, and Spurgeon is 29th. He's got 140 points. You know who who is one spot above McAvoy? Who has one more point in that time than uh, than McAvoy does? Are you gonna I mean, say is, like, is this like uh, US 97s thing? Like, is this like Zach Wierenski? No, I, he's in. He's in here. Uh, Wierenski is um, 22nd. He has uh, seven more points. I was gonna say Ryan Suter has one more point than Charlie McAvoy <laughs> does in the last four. Again, seasons. proof that like I really don't care about points. No, exactly. Oh, yeah. This is my point. <laughs> this is my point of whole def- and this is the reason why like we're going to get in trouble when we don't have Yossi winning the Norris, I think, or people are going to be mad at us. Um and but he's, you know, has this like uh like I don't know how many I don't even know how many points he has this season. Is he at oh, 90? Is that on or something? Yeah. Like Anyway, that's yeah. What that's, a weird team the Predators this year. It's like a Drysaddle like, situation all over again. Although, like at least like, the guard slash X guard models like back it up that he's still you know having. Like, oh yeah, I mean he'll like be in our top, top five. Top yeah, he'll be a top five. He'll be in our like I would probably have him. I think he's going to probably be behind like. I mean, I don't know. He'll be third, maybe. I don't know if there'll be. Well, you know. we'll probably still have McCarr number one. I think. No, we will. McCarr just will based be on how course. we normally do it. But that's kind of the funny thing with like shooting from defensemen is that we see this every now and then, where like we had Darnell Nurse last year, who kind of was just went insane in terms of scoring goals, and Morgan Riley did it in eighteen nineteen. Brent Burns had a season where he just went insane, and it's like there's some seasons where defensemen just have such so much their performance relative to the rest of the defensemen in the league is just so much higher that it just kind of looks super weird um and it's kind of one of those things that like we still include the shooting component because it's like i mean well does that not matter (laughs) you know it's like does cal mccarr scoring those goals like not matter because i think that there's like people would say oh it's not repeatable or whatever it's like but it is still something where there's value added from that. And like Kale McCarr or, you know, I don't know, Darnell Nurse scoring all those goals. Like, yeah, that's obviously helping their teams win. And so it's kind of this weird thing where it might make the, well, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but it's just, <laughs> it's sometimes it's like, I don't, it's, it's hard to evaluate when is it like, okay, are they just getting lucky, you know, where a lot of their shots went in the net? relative like in like relation to most of the other defensemen in the league because how many goals does Kale McCarr have this year a lot like a lot yeah (laughs) I would assume I think I mean I don't know I I think one of the things though with back to the kind of idea of this being dry saddle over again is that I I think actually the narratives around defensemen are usually a little bit more there seems to be more emphasis on the defensive side of the game because that's in the name so I think it's like not as there are seems to generally be more consideration put into like how good is this player defensively and so that is seems to be more in the narrative around Norris or best defenseman in the league um I think a little bit more than like on the forward side uh which I don't know and we should I mean we should you know have the we should have the selkie for defenseman or whatever you would call it yeah, you know? what is oh, plus so, plus like Yossi's been good offensively for years like we have yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit more trust that some of this yeah. is like a sustainable true offensive yeah. talent 
Well, and I think you see short bursts of, of or like even, you know, a couple seasons chained together for players, for defensemen. Like, I mean, Ryan Ellis for several years before he was injured was like a player who shot, you know, had a really good shot. Spurgeon, too. Dumbo was an old, was a player who had, you know, so you kind of, it's like, you know, um, just short. I, I think it, it's just harder because it's a lot less repeatable and a lot harder to, I think, sustain for defensemen, um, just given play style and systems and whatnot. But, but like, I, I think, again, uh, back to the question of the universe. Has a goal ever been scored off of a shot attempt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a golden a golden so moment. We said we, we hinted at this heading into the second segment here, but we had two really we had a lot of people tagging us on Twitter saying, I think you guys need to redo the bracket, the Twitter bracket after was it the twenty third? Was it Saturday? I think it was Saturday. Mm-hmm. It was April 23rd, a day that we'll live in uh, hockey Twitter. And there was just two really, really good tweets that got sent out. Uh, the number one was Steve Simmons uh, sent out a tweet that said, has any uh, has any player ever scored uh, on a shot attempt? Um, which I don't know if it was like, <laughs> I don't know if it was in response to something. I don't know. It, if was, it was not in response to anything. No, I mean, like in response to like maybe something was going on in a game. It was it was just a tweet. It wasn't a reply on Twitter. It was just not a, a quote tweet. Not a quote tweet. It was just a question. Um, it no follow up. Uh, a lot of people and this, I think, came uh, like 30 minutes after Chris Johnson responded about Bitcoin, which we'll get to in a second as well. So back to back, and we had a lot of people saying, "Okay, you guys got to do the." Yeah, Twitter. we had like so many people tagging us. Like we're like the like keepers of the Twitter takes, like the all time hockey no, Twitter no, no, tweets. No. Okay, so I had to interrupt you. CJ deleted the Bitcoin tweet. Did he? Oh, okay. No. Well, we had a lot of people who screenshotted that, so yeah. it'll it will never die. That I tweet have is, it. I can go find that, it. If that you tweet want. was screenshotted to death because the original account that he was responding to was a private account. Um. So like some people couldn't see that what the response was. Stall really quickly. I'm gonna go find this. But it was uh I I mean so I will just say it's really funny because he tweeted that and then he didn't tweet again for like I didn't like the whole night. Like people kept he was getting like ratioed into oblivion yeah. and then just did he didn't he just pieced. He's like I'm done. He's like that's the tweet and then he just left Twitter just to get like. It was really funny. That was in. I mean, our mentions. Everybody was just tagging us, which is funny now that I, that's just like. Yeah. So so Steve Simmons tweeted at nine oh one p.m. on Saturday night. This I think this is. I'm not sure. And he he tweeted, "Has any NHL player ever scored on a shot attempt?" Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Chris Johnson tweet that we are referring to was in response to someone that said. Um, it's just appalling how certain reporters are just credulously flogging Bitcoin, an environmental catastrophe whose only viable use case is to con suckers and commit crime. Um, and Chris Johnston responded to this this locked account and said, "Curious if you've spent even ten minutes understanding the most important development in human history or no." <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, understandably, calling Bitcoin one of the most important developments in human history is. But, you know, I many mean, people, many par- people comparing it to humans discovering fire and, or the wheel or the wheel or the printing press vaccines or, or, or yeah. how to grow crops and agriculture, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Um, uh, I don't know. Sean, has any player ever scored on a shot attempt? No. OK. <laughs> well, like, I so think I, 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 I think was trying like, to Steve's getting illogical here because he just wants to, like, go after analytics. And it's just hilarious. I think his idea was like misses and blocks but 
like well, you know, like I think extending I, beyond shots on goal. Like I think I understand what he where he was trying to go, but like, yeah. But I think it's like he. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is his take on this is that a, a shot attempt cannot be a goal? That, that, that is what because I it's just he. an attempt. It's it's like Maybe. an attempt at a goal. Is that like what he was trying it, to say? It might be a misunderstanding that that shot attempts don't include goals. Uh, maybe he thinks they do. I know. I'm just saying. Maybe he thinks they don't. So maybe he's removing goals from shot attempts. Or maybe he's saying that if shot attempts don't include goals, he's trying to make give up. Like, just why do we why do we look at these if they don't include the things that win hockey games? I don't know. It seems like is that tweet still up? I didn't even go look if it was still what Corsi Hockey League. No, not the Corsi Hockey League. I mean, was that him too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's an all timer. That is an all timer. That was our number one seed in the stats. I don't know if I don't know where this one would seed. The shot attempt one, I think, is a good one. I I still think these would both be towards the lower end of the media side. I think. I that did. would have been the stat side or stat side. I think. Sorry, the the other one, the Bitcoin one. I don't know if that that would have probably made it because that I would have been media, yeah, media. But the stats one, I think, would have. Uh, and like, I know the tweets deleted, but it was up for so long, and everyone screenshotted it. So I think that's kind of one of those things that you don't want to like. You know, it's also there's it's kind of an unwritten rule that you don't screenshot private accounts, right? That's like something that's a no no. But in this case, oh, it was everyone shared. was screenshotting it. So normally. That's a that's a you know you don't do that you don't screenshot private accounts. Where would you have the shot attempt one in the in the seating for this on the stat side, Sean? You putting that number one? Absolutely, I think that's no. the greatest tweet of all time. See, I I think this is re- you gotta see this is me as I guess we become the the keepers. We're of the gatekeepers. The, we're the, no, <laughs> not gate. We're the we're the 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 um I don't know what. There's some word that I'm not. It's not coming to me right now, but I have to wait these things, and I feel like there's a certain amount of recency bias in these most recent tweets. Now, Sean is rolling his no, eyes. No, because at me it's and- like it's the most fundamental idea. So, like Wayne Gretzky said, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky said, "You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take." And like the opposite of this is you don't you can't you, you can't don't score, score a shot you, attempt. You, 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 you miss every shot that you take and like and to me i think that is hilarious well no, it's the perfect inverse of okay the, but of the wayne gretzky if i my personal bias is the mike harrington expected by whom tweet. Yes, yeah that is one of my favorite tweets because it was in response to someone talking about expected goals <laughs> And the question was genuinely, ex- who expects these goals? <laughs> Expected by whom? Which is just such a funny thought that I hadn't ever thought about because it's just the name comes from soccer, right? It's not been, in, it wasn't invented by hockey. It was from, expectacles were developed in soccer in like the late 1990s, I think. And then hockey, when it became adopted, it just became, that's what it called it because it's like, what's the probability of a single shot becoming a goal? And s- let's come up so, with another name. I mean, no, it XG be- is sweet. I love <laughs> XG. It's a great name. I think it's probably what it'd be uh, goal probability. I think is what you would just call yeah. like something like it's boring. I mean, but it would just make a boring. boring. Name. We need we need to like come up with like some act some name like some good. No, see, look well, at, we're really bad at naming. Oh, I'm so bad. Well, like for instance, one time we, we in my entire stats or hockey stats career, if you want to call that, we came up with one good model name, which was Stacks. We called it STAX. That was our original game production model from like the 2017 season. But that's not for naming a metric. That's like no, naming. No, I know, but it's still a model. Like this is what Sean's talking about. Is he wants an acronym for XG? Um, I mean, I will say that 
I some of my like there's some like baseball prospectus has this really great name for like des- deserved runs contributed, which is DRC plus I think, and then which is like really a great name for this because that's kind of I think what you're trying to boil down to what a model like XGAR would be doing or GAR is what does a player deserve to be credited with. That's kind of the idea, which I think is a really like kind of. Uh, uh, what would be elegant way to put it? Because I think that's kind of what you want to be getting to, but Sean disagrees. No, it's got to be like a short like name, like Pestel. <laughs> no, Pete. Pete. <laughs> Player efficiency to I don't know. No, uh, some... Pete. There's not Pat. Pete. P e a t too. Like not. Isn't like that, isn't that like like a gardening material or something? Yeah, or it's like, like what moss. you smoke it's scotch like scotch, with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. scotch, yeah. A peaty scotch, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we're so bad with names. But like for instance, Xgar, I called it Xgar because expected goals are like the centerpiece for like a lot of the calculations, but it's I think people think of it like it's we really need to get that written. It's been so you do busy because like with the- there are legitimately people that think that like that's an expected like I know like people with like Austin Matthews are like well Austin Matthews isn't having all these gar that are expected at a certain point and it's like well that's yeah. because the models are different and X gar yes. is superior. Shout it's, out a- <laughs> it's a it's a completely <laughs> different modeling framework and I think what people think is that we just took the goals for aspect of gar and replaced it with expected goals for, which is not at all how it works. Um, we will be uh, retooling these. We models need to do a glossary season. series on guard. We haven't done we? one. We should. We should. We should have done this. We should. We could do it. You want to do this Wednesday, <laughs> Sean? You want to do the glossary series Wednesday? <sighs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure what my <laughs> schedule is looking like Wednesday. Aren't the Leafs playing Wednesday? I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean it's more of like so. Basically, get to get back to it is that we're really bad with names. And I was, I've always been bad with names when I was making, like, writing compositions in college. I only always titled them, like, piano piece number one or tape piece number one because I hated coming up no. with names. Because, yeah, yeah, no names. That's what, yeah, because I didn't, I just, They're like, the hardest. This is, I, do honestly, you name your vehicles? Uh, we are, we had one vehicle that was an 89 Pontiac 6000 that was our great aunts that we inherited. Um, and it had 120,000 miles on it. That was our first car. And a friend of ours, uh, uh, named her Sue. So that was the only car I've ever had that had a name, and it just fit perfectly. Yeah, Rest but, in peace, Sue. What a great yeah, car. Yeah, great old, car. You know those... You don't really see them anymore. Those old... A, uh, the GM, like, A-bodies. You know what I'm talking about, Sean? Like, from the early 90s, those kind of, like, they all look the same. Like, Oldsmobile, Buick, Pontiac, like, Chevy. Yeah, we drove that until the rear axle rusted off the frame, yeah. and then we had to junk it, yeah. which was a sad day, because I love that car. great car. It had a bench seat in the front, too. Do you know what I'm talking about, Sean? Like, it was, like one bench across the t- it was so comfortable and actually got pretty good gas mileage for being like an old v6 sedan that you know we get like 32 on the highway or something um i've never named another car though no um so like i don't know what are you, you like naming things is that what you're getting to sean yeah for one i just like naming things in general and then of course you have to like name your vehicle like i mean yeah but what's uh, your current car name uh julie 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 Okay, I mean, I we the other thing that we I do name or we have named are trees in our neighborhood, so like big trees. There yeah. was a there was a huge elm in our old neighborhood that we that we named Earl and Big Earl. Earl it was this, let's go. It was this <laughs> massive. And then elm. there was another elm that was outside our house that we called Martha. Yeah, 
And then there's we have a big silver maple in our backyard, and it's tentatively named Prudence after the Beatles song "Dear Prudence." <laughs> but I'm not sure if we. It might we, not stick though. Yeah, I'm not sure. But Earl, Big Earl, is like the the king of the neighborhood. I feel like yeah. a good like tree name would be like Harold. Harold. Yeah, that is. Harold's a great tree name. Yeah. But trees. This is one Ben since the pandemic is when we've been. Um, previously, when we were still working working from home on our breaks, we would go on walks and like you just. Or what? What are you? Okay, I got responding? it. The new XG name is Emma. <laughs> oh, no. Emma. Yeah, like for Emma forever ago. <laughs> well, it has to stand for something, right? Yeah. Expected. Well, that's you what they figure do. Basketball. <laughs> Everything about ba- like a lot of the metrics in basketball are just player names as acronyms. Well, that's Pakota. Yeah, Pakota in baseball perspective. Was that a person? I'm pretty sure Pakota was some like uh really like uh obscure baseball player. That's a lot of the early sabermetric stuff was like these like silly uh what does Jaws stand for for? It's Jaffe it's like named after oh. the guy who did it. It's like Jaffe above like um adjusted wind system system, I think. Um, I, one, one day we'll have enough data where we can do a Jaws type. For anybody, I think we've mentioned this before, but in baseball a lot of, there's a system for basically determining or trying to determine Hall of Fame eligibility. Um, which looks at only the peak years of a player's career rather than their entire output. So, like, for instance, like Albert Pujols would be a good example because he's been playing forever, but the last, like, 10 years of his career have been just really not good. But he was an absolute superstar for the first 10. So, like, it's kind of like I think in hockey you would kind of look at it like Chara now, where, like, Chara was an absolute beast for so for a long time, but... He's just kept playing, and by doing so, he's really reduced his value because, like, this year he's been having a really rough year. Um, but it's kind of one of those things where you only look at a player's, like, I don't know, best five-year span or seven-year span. I can't remember exactly. Are you talking but... about Jaws? Yeah. I think it's seven-year. Seven-year. It's year. like the seven-year peak. Sorry, Pakota is a – it stands for um, Player Empirical Comparison and Optimizational Test Algorithm. But it's <laughs> named after um, Bill Pakota. Who was a lifetime batting average of 249. And it's like kind of, I don't know, they're like a journeyman MLB player. But yeah, there's like basketball, like LeBron, <laughs> Carmelo, Darko. Yeah. I don't know if Darko is. Well, it's 538. It? It's really Nate Silver likes to name his models after, or at least historically, after like people. And then are, fit an acronym around it. Yeah. I think it's, it's backronym, I think might be the technically the, ter- <laughs> the term. I think it's what. It's a backwards acronym where yeah. you find a word and then fit fit in the. Yes, I think it's That's a very corporate I really thing to do. I have gotten you guys onto this conversation. You guys <laughs> and you could also well, think you're about the naming it Val. Val. Oh, that, I mean, that's a. Val is Variable a good like, value adjusted, added. <laughs> linear uh, optimization. Val. Uh, well, you Valeri. could do a Valerie, I guess, but. Yeah. Valerie. <laughs> Valerie. 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 Uh, I like Val. We'll have to see. This is good brainstorming uh, that we should be taking. <laughs> I'm notes never going to name something. No, that, I am so, like. Here's the thing, Sean. You can figure it out that we overthink these things, and then I never. I second guess myself, and then we just end up not having a name. I also anything. came very close. We should probably wrap this up. Very close to trying to DM um, Maddie Fiddler, who's uh, NAK's girlfriend, who made like gear for all of the wags of the Colorado Avalanche. And I, I, I almost know. wanted to to see if she can make an extra Valerian Chushkin, uh, uh, what do you call it, like a rhinestone uh, sweatshirt for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know that's, that's one of the true success stories in the NHL, Vla- is yeah, Well, that was that we haven't, one day we will get merch, but that was our first and only merch idea was in, was it 20, 
2018, 2019 season. No, the 1920 season. 1920 season, 2019, 2020 season. Um, our was just a uh, Valerian Nachushkin eighth in Selkie voting. That's what the shirt said. Yeah, that's all with our logo. With our logo on it. That was our our original merch idea. We we probably need to rebrand at some point. Because that was literally the our our logo is like an Excel chart. That's like it's a bar chart. It's no, that's a revolving wild account. The actual one from for the evolving hockey account is is from our site. Oh yeah, it's from the Gar era charts, yeah. the bar charts. There, yeah. there's a little tidbit. We should wrap this up though. I yeah. think. All right. We s- well, we'll be back next week somehow uh, if we well, survive. Next, next week is full playoff review, preview. I think. Right. But I think, I think Monday so. is. Monday's the first night of the playoffs. Is it? So we're going to have to do this on Sunday? We're going to have to do it on Sunday? Well, I don't know. We're going to be working on the playoff preview Sunday, probably. We're going to start writing these. Whatever. Anywho, yeah. we'll be back <laughs> We'll be back next week to talk about the playoffs, and hopefully we'll have like more actual hockey stuff to talk about. So. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, yes, John. Thanks, John.